1: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
0: It's Let's ride time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium.
2: Take it away, ben. it's time for Dodger Baseball. <laughs>
1: What's going on, Dodger fans? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Hope you're all doing well out there. Your Los Angeles Dodgers are 43-25. and They have a half-game lead as we're recording over the San Diego Padres. They just are coming off a commanding sweep of the Cincinnati Reds. They dropped 26 runs over three games. We're going to talk about Gonsolin picking up his ninth win. Clayton Kershaw shoved today. Maybe some all-star talk later on. And who's hot, who's not. But first, let me introduce our guest today, David Contreras. You might find him all over the place on Twitter, Photoshopping and talking smack at DoyersDave on Twitter. How you doing, Dave?
3: Good, good, man. Thank you guys for having me on today. It's an honor.
1: <laughs> of no, course. It's an honor. It's an honor
2: for us, Dave. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, I've seen Klein before. I was at Dodger Stadium, but he was know, yeah, it was in the good seat, so it was, it was pretty far. <laughs> the place close.
1: <laughs> I do remember that you you sent me a DM, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's me. So anyways, yes, the Dodgers destroyed the Reds in this series. Most recently, a 10-5 to victory. The Dodgers hit a season-high five home runs. We're talking Freddie Freeman went deep, Max Muncy, Cody Bellinger, Will Smith, and Trace Thompson, who has joined the teams since the last time we've recorded. We actually haven't recorded since they've, they played the angels. They got defeated by the guardians and now the reds. So here we are. We're finally back. Jake Reiner, take it away. What are your thoughts on the Dodgers over the last uh, few games? I guess.
2: I said this on Twitter, but I, I felt like this was a, a get right series for everybody on the team. Uh, guys that had been slumping or underperforming like Justin Turner, Max Muncie, Freddie Freeman, you mentioned all those guys, Bellinger, all those guys came through on either multiple games during this red series, or maybe just today on, on Thursday, but this was a get right series for this team. They're going to need it too. As they head to Atlanta, it's going to be a really tough series as the Braves are on fire. Um, we thank them though, for their part in defeating the giants. So that's good, but yeah, it was, um, it was a little concerning against the guardians. Now they are, they are pretty decent team. They are, you know, atop the AL central, but it's a team that the Dodgers should have handled, especially at home. And it's kind of been surprising how, um, weak the Dodgers have been at home and how good they've been on the road. So I was very encouraged by this red series. I'm down to get into uh, the nitty gritty with you guys, but um, this couldn't have come at a better time for this team going into a tough series in Atlanta.
1: Yeah. And one last comment I have before I pass the torch over is you got to feel good. Cause the Dodgers beat some good red starters, even though the reds are in last place, they beat Tyler Molly who has a fit, but under three and a half, they beat Luis Castillo who's maybe the most coveted trade uh, trade piece out there in terms of starters on the market. And then they beat Hunter Green, who actually gave them a little bit of trouble last time out. And he throws hard, but they absolutely torched him today. But David Rosenthal, the floor is yours.
4: Yeah, so like on the contrary, honestly, like I didn't feel that good about that Red series. I feel like that's kind of what the Dodgers needed to do. I mean, there was a couple Reds relievers who I legitimately felt bad for. Uh, I mean, you go back to yesterday. I think the dude's name was like Joel Kunal or something pitched an inning, started this next inning, and just looked like he was plucked from the stands and asked to get out. So, look, the Dodgers did what they needed to do. Uh, we're seeing a couple guys step up in the absence of Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith specifically. Lux has been great. The Guardian series was kind of bad. I mean, that's kind of what we've seen from this Dodgers team. They've just been inconsistent, and they've kind of let games, you know, out of their grasp. Uh, so look, they, they did what they needed to do against Cincinnati. This, this brave series is definitely going to be the big test. Uh, I'm guessing they're going to get to face Kenley Jansen at some point. So that should be interesting, but, uh, they need two out of three here from Atlanta for sure.
1: Yeah. Freddie Freeman had a huge series up in Cincinnati. He went seven for 13 with two home runs and 10 RBIs. He's just been the money man as of late with runners in scoring position, hitting well over 300 On the season now, he's got 45 runs batted in and OPS over a 1,000 over his last 15 games with four home runs. So there was definitely some disappointment where that power was. He's been showing it as of late. Will Smith also had a big series, five home runs over his last 15 games played. He's got 10 home runs now on the season. OPS almost at 800, 795. I'll stop there because I want to ask you guys, at this point, Will Smith has to be a lock as at least the reserve
4: catcher, right, for the all-star team? I mean, he should be. He should have been last year, and he, and he wasn't. So, I mean, even when someone, I think, got injured or, or, or something, they, they, they gave the reserve role to that Brewers catcher. I forget his name. Omar Navarez. Yeah, Navarez. that guy. So, I mean, he should be. Right now, he's fifth in voting, so I don't know what these people are watching. I don't know if they're going to sleep at 7 p.m., but, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious he should be at least one of the two starting uh, catchers in the NL.
1: Yeah, I agree. Trey Turner also has been on a tear. He's in a 13-for-30 hot streak. That's a 433 batting average. Uh, last 15 games or so, OPS well over 1,000. On the season now, he's batting 312, 361 on base, 848 on base plus slugging. Not sure where he ranks overall in terms of the batting title, but I I have to imagine he's up there. And right now he is the leading vote getter for NL shortstops. And I've been voting for him just about every day.
4: He's, I mean, he's just consistent is what he is. I mean, he kind of just gets a hit or two every single day and, you know, it may not be the flashiest hit may not be the most timely hit, but he's consistently on base. Uh, His defense has gotten better. Uh, he's still better defensively than Corey Seager. I don't care what Kevin or what fan graph says, uh, but he's just kind of steady Eddie. And that's kind of what the Dodgers have, have, have missed uh, with Mookie Betts being out. So, I mean, I don't know what kind of contract he's going to get, but I, I would like to see him stay.
2: I do love the fact that he wants to be in there every day and I heard uh in an interview with uh, that he had with David Vassay, he he was sort of saying that every time his name is not on the lineup card he feels like he's in timeout. So I just love that from, from, from one of your superstars, uh, especially um, coming from a guy that, like you said, is, is playing in a, in a contract year, um, trying to get as much money as possible in the off season. You'd think, I mean, just, you know, conventional wisdom would tell you that you, you'd want to maybe watch out for, you know, any injuries and maybe take it a little easier um, so that you don't, you know, hurt yourself in the off season, uh, a chance to get a big contract, but you got to love the fight that both he and Freddie Freeman have to be in the lineup every single day. You got Trey, who's a guy that is waiting to get a big contract, and Freddie just got a big contract. So you could see both those guys saying, you know, either way not wanting to play every day, but they do. Uh, and the Dodgers have, have needed them uh, for sure without Mookie Betts.
3: And you get to see a good matchup this, uh, this weekend because we could see a possible replacement in uh, uh, Dansby Swanson who's been yep. hitting the, the cover of the ball too. So just in case Turner leaves, you know, we could see what uh, Swanson can do.
1: Oh, yeah, that's my, that's my like, number one target, assuming Trey leaves. I love what Swanson does, especially with the glove. He might be the best defender right now, shortstop-wise. He's pretty remarkable.
3: I mean, and you, you already have Freeman, who he loves. So, you
4: know, there's that, a case to be made for him to come here.
1: That is a good point. Also, I think he's a Vanderbilt guy, so yep, maybe he has is. that walker Bueller connection.
4: Well, sadly, he won't be with David Price if he comes with the Dodgers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> David, just pushing for that David Price off the team narrative so You know hard. what I was
2: thinking, though? I was thinking because it would it would seem to me like, you know, obviously he has no role on this team. We've talked about it. He came in in the ninth inning uh, t- in today's game when the Dodgers are up 10-5, to 5, so it's clear that he d- really doesn't have a defined role, but – I was trying to think of, like, why is it that he is sticking around as long as he is, um, given the given the production value? It has to be some type of clubhouse guy type of thing. It has to be. It, I mean, because Trace Thompson said in an interview after, I believe, yesterday's game, he said that David Price was the guy who texted him when the Dodgers traded for Trace Thompson. So, And mm-hmm. I've heard that a lot from guys that are just like, yeah, we love David Price and we revere him. And like, we, we'd love having him around. So that must be, be playing a huge factor here.
4: So basically we're paying him $15 million to be like a consigliere to welcome new players to be Hans Alberto basically. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Well, Josiah Gray said the same thing about David Price
1: and whether you want to accept it to us
2: on this podcast. Yeah, he did.
1: Whether you want to accept it or not, the Dodgers actually need David Price at this moment in time because they don't have a second lefty. (laughs) Caleb Caleb Ferguson just went on the IL with some type of arm tendinitis. We don't know what the timeline will will be on his return. Garrett Clevenger, we've seen little
4: spots of, but he really hasn't proven anything. And then Danny Duffy is now expected to return in September. No, no, no. What did we say last time, Kevin? There's no more Danny Duffy talk unless we see him on the field for the Dodgers. That's it. Well, I did see him on the field. He was throwing... (laughs) in his like very oh.
1: beginning rehab. So
4: that does not count.
1: So like I was saying, they only have two lefties. It's Vesia and price. And the other only other option really is just to go out in the market because Victor Gonzalez is also still injured. Yeah, that's right.
2: Dave, well, what's your, what's your take on David price?
1: i agree
3: with the other david man i don't think there's a spot yeah. on this roster for him man. i'd much rather have moranta who gets tossed back and forth and has been pretty solid when given a chance in the same role i think in like mop up duty but he's been pretty solid i'd much rather go with moranta than price if it's just because of clubhouse clubhouse guys we have plenty of those we have um turner we have freeman there's 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 enough of those clubhouse guys you know don't need another one <laughs>
1: But if Vessi is unavailable, you just roll up well, the righty. you got
4: Clevenger available. You well, got Justin just said... Brooll, who's been okay. Uh, I mean, you got options. You can always find a lefty on the trade market. There, there's for sure a couple in AAA or Double AA who could do I mean, exactly what David Price does. No disrespect.
3: The, the reality is, you're not going to go give a high leverage spot to David Price versus a lefty. I don't think.
1: Right. No disrespect to Brühl, but he really hasn't shown it this year. He can't even throw the ball to first base properly. <laughs> I mean, has
4: he been worse than David Price, though? I don't probably, think so. Probably. I, don't, I really don't think so. If the game was on the line and we needed a lefty out of the pen, I would go with any of the other guys over David Price. I thought sure. you were
3: going to say I would go with Dave Roberts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would unfortunately go with David Price just because at least he has that experience. Oh, God. I mean, how,
4: how far can that take you if your stuff isn't there? Well, they need a second lefty, but I'm just saying in the meantime, he is that guy. Sure. For two more weeks. Sure. But I mean, it's, it's, there's going to come a point and it's been that point where it's time. To, it's time to say goodbye. Let's just, <laughs> let's just agree to th- say that. Oh, without a doubt. If, if Ferguson... He's got some
2: hold on this team. I don't know what it is, but yeah. <laughs> he's got some hold on them.
4: Ferguson well, is want a legit. World Series without him.
1: He just needs to stay healthy. That's the issue with Ferguson. He keeps getting hurt. That Man. could
4: be a procedural move too. Cause they needed to put somebody, uh, you know off the team or whatever for the uh pitchers going down to 12 rule so that could be that too
1: yeah definitely so Clayton Kershaw continues to just dominate he's now five and one on the season he has a two ERA clean a whip under one 47 strikeouts over 45 or yeah 47 strikeouts over 45 innings pitched hasn't missed a beat in the three starts since coming back from the I.L. I really want to see him make that all-star team. And that's all I have to say with Kershaw. Just that slider just continues to get hitters swinging and missing.
3: I think he makes the all-star. I don't know how, but I think he makes it. It's in LA and he, you know, he's already a legend. He has to make it somehow.
2: If he makes it, he start, he has to start, right?
4: Over I Gonçal? would imagine so.
2: I mean, i mean at this point right it's it the, the all-star game doesn't matter anymore in terms of who gets home field advantage it's a it, it's something that you know is pretty much an honorary kind of fun day um the game doesn't matter it's crazy to me though that that kershaw's never started an all-star game that to me is is a is wild um that he's never once started a an all-star game so this would be the first time
4: yeah i think if he makes it i think brian snicker is the kind of guy who would do that. Uh, you know, he seems like the been around in baseball for like 50 years, kind of guy going to give it to Kershaw for one inning in his home stadium. So yeah,
2: one inning, that's all you need.
4: The problem is, I don't know if he's going to be able to make it just because he was out for so long. That's, that's the only question mark. What do I you have. mean?
2: Like eligible, uh, eligibility, eligibility? No, no,
4: I mean, he, he'll be eligible. I mean, Fernando mean Tatis health-wise. got how, however many votes and he hasn't played a game, but I just don't think he's going to have enough of a, you know, sample size this year to warrant being on the team. I mean, he's only started seven games, seven or eight games.
1: Yeah. I mean, if it's for narrative purposes, they'll put him on, but in terms of actual eligibility, he just doesn't have enough on his resume this season to make it. But you never know. A lot of, a lot of pitchers seem to just get taken off recently because they like pitch a day or two before, and then they have to get a replacement. And then there's sometimes replacements for that replacement. So who knows? But I do, I do think that if we're just going off what they've done this season, then Tony Gonsolin is your National League All Star. I mean, he has the best ERA in all of Major League Baseball at 158. He also is holding opposing batters to the lowest batting average in Major League Baseball, and he leads the sport in wins. He's got nine of them, whether you want to put stock in that or not. I do have a fun stat about Tony Gonsolin um, coming off coming off a Dodgers loss, and then Gonsolin takes the mound. What Gonslin has been doing during that sample size. So it's six starts. He's gone six and oh, obviously, meaning the Dodgers haven't lost a game in those six starts. And 34 and a third innings pitched. He's only given up three runs, which equates to an 079 ERA. And hitters are hitting 096 against him. So he's been the true stopper. Like when the Dodgers need to get back in the W column, he's been that guy all season long. And he's beating teams like the Braves and the Mets. So he's doing it against legit competition.
2: Yeah, that's, that's the mark of a good team when you have a guy that is able to be that stopper for you to, to not let a losing streak linger or a bad stretch linger. It sort of resets everything. Um, and he has been that guy, uh, even no. when it looks like he gets. Yeah pal um even when he looks like he's getting into trouble he's he's able to get out of it and his his pitch mix looks unbelievable that splitter is off the charts um and the fastballs is working really well for him so yeah he he will he will be an all-star starter and if kershaw doesn't make the all-star team i think there's a strong case to be made for tony Gonzalez starting the all-star
3: game i think it's a little crazy this year that every time um I was more nervous seeing Walker Buehler or Julio Urias start a game than I have been watching Tony Gonsolin or even Tyler Anderson. It's like I assume we're going to get two straight wins when those two guys pitch.
4: It's pretty insane how even without Buehler in this rotation, you feel good about every single one of these five guys. It's, you know, Gonsolin and Anderson for sure have been like the two aces. Kershaw's been great when he's been out there. Urias has been super solid pretty much every start and then Andrew Heaney, obviously, he's only pitched two or three games. But you feel good when he's, when he's you know, on the lineup card.
1: Urias has a 2.56 ERA. I feel like that's the most quiet low ERA
4: I've yep. ever seen in my life. It's because he's
1: not getting any run support.
4: Yeah. He's not bottom three in baseball support. after being number one in run support last year. Yeah.
1: Well, in his most recent outing, he finally got the run support. It's because so. he can't
4: hit for himself now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, yeah, I mean – Urias and Tyler Anderson both have a strong case of being NL all-stars as well. I think they'll only go with two Dodgers starters at the most, just because there's only so many spots you can give out, but Urias and Anderson, and they're going to battle for that second spot. I think. Yep. I agree. Um, in terms of other all-stars, I think Mookie Betts, assuming he just doesn't get passed up by the rest of the competition and he's healthy by the time that game starts. I think he'll be the starting right fielder. He is the leading vote getter. I mentioned Trey Turner, shortstop, and then Will Smith, probably the reserve at catcher. The only other guy I'm thinking that might have a shot is Freddie Freeman, but I think he's trailing Goldschmidt, Alonzo, and CJ Krohn at the moment. So I don't know if they're going to do four first baseman unless they do two TH, but I guess he's not really a DH either.
2: Yeah, and if you have to have a representative from every team, you got to you gotta figure C.J. Crone is going to be the guy for Colorado.
1: So Trace Thompson brought him up for a quick second, hit a home run Thursday. He also had a double Wednesday. Dodgers just they made it clear that they were going to acquire a right-handed bat, preferably in the outfield. They got a deal with the Tigers. How are we feeling about the return of Trace Thompson?
3: It's a really good field story, man. Uh, however long he stays here, I just want to see him starting right field and gets a couple of hits, man. It's really nice to see him back.
2: Yeah. It it's kind of remarkable. He got, he got opportunities and I believe every one of the games in Cincinnati, but didn't start any of them because they were all right-handed starters on the mound for the Reds. But yeah, I agree with Dave. This is a really feel good story for him. And if he can produce, Like we saw him produce the past few games. He had that uh, clutch to RBI double on Wednesday and then a home run in the ninth uh, on Thursday. That's, you know, that's all you can really ask for. I mean, the, the, the main thing is we got to have a guy out there that can play the position Um, whether that's trace Thompson or Chris Taylor, I'm fine with either of them in right field. I have confidence in their abilities. I don't have confidence in Eddie Alvarez out there. And I don't know what he's doing out there, to be honest. There's nothing against Eddie Alvarez. I like the guy. He's got a lot of speed, but he's not in there for his glove and he's not in there for his bat. So what is he in there for? I understand the platoon thing and Dave Roberts loves that. And he sort of has given him the role as the starting right fielder, which I just doesn't make any sense to me. But um, I say you put the best defense out there. I don't care about righty lefty matchup in that situation. You're not adding anything in that lineup with Eddie Alvarez in there. So to me, it's like, I'd rather have trace Thompson right on right than have the platoon advantage with Eddie Alvarez.
1: Yeah. That's actually what on Twitter at TPC underscore 50 wanted us to touch on how we feeling about Eddie Alvarez in right field just to go even further. What are we doing here? Why is it Eddie Alvarez over Jake Lamb at this point? Who is That's, just, that's it, where I was going. It's infuriating. He's hitting 294 down in OKC. He's got 15 home runs, 49 RBIs, 954 OPS. He does have an opt-out coming up in July where he can explore the free agent market. And I don't see how he skates by because he should be at the major league level at this point. And the Dodgers bench is pretty bad where it's at a point now where I trust Trace Thompson more than I do Eddie Alvarez, even Zach McKinstry, Hanser Alberto as well. And then they added, what is his name? Stefan Romero. Yeah. Whoever whoever that is. Okay. What are we doing? What
4: the hell are (laughs) we doing? First of all, who the hell is that guy? I have never heard of that guy in my entire life. Never seen him on a minor league roster. Never heard of him ever.
2: He's 33. Well, he was spending the last few years in, in Japan. So that's probably why. Great.
4: Well, maybe we should send some of these guys who are currently to Japan and call up Jake Lamb because what the literal hell are we doing? Eddie Alvarez, sorry, not it. Just not it. Romero, don't even know who you are. Andre Alberto has not done anything that to move me. And uh, Trace Thompson, yeah, he's hit, he's hit well, but I mean, does he is he Jake Lamb in the minor leagues? I don't think so. If we let this well, guy,
2: actually, Trace Thompson had been tearing it up in the
4: minors, fine, he had Trace 17 Thompson home can runs. Stay. Trace Thompson can stay, but if we <laughs> right, let good, Jake good. Lamb explore free agency and opt out on July 1st, Andrew Friedman should be fined for ne- negligence because this is this has gone on long enough. I mean, seriously, I, I cannot think of one reason why this guy is not on the major league roster. We have plenty of guys we could move on the 40 man roster, make some space. He can play third base. He can play the outfield. I, it do, it makes zero sense. And I've thought about this for a while. I do not understand it.
3: Yeah. If we keep Eddie Alvarez over getting Jake, uh, Jake Lamb up here, I, I don't know what we're doing. It, it makes no sense. None. Really. Zero.
4: Negative well, also
3: sense. What,
2: also, what doesn't make any sense is, okay, so you have Eddie Alvarez on the roster. Again, why is he playing right field? It's, it, may, it makes perfect sense. You stick Lux in left, and I understand Lux, you know, doesn't have a lot of experience out there, but relative to Eddie Alvarez, he has a ton more experience in the outfield than Eddie Alvarez does. So does Chris Taylor, and I know that Chris Taylor primarily left fielder, and, he, and we know that he can play center field. He's played right field a little bit more than Eddie Alvarez and he actually started in right field on Thursday. So I don't understand why, why we're even experimenting with Eddie Alvarez in the outfield when you can shift those guys over and have Alvarez play a more comfortable position at second base. To me, it makes no sense. Also when you have a close divisional race and I, and I get it, you know, we're we're fairly early in the season going towards the midway point. I understand that, you know, it's not, you know, dire straits at this point, but it is a close race in the NL West. And as we saw last year, which we keep bringing up, one game will matter, right? One game matters here or there. So why are we experimenting giving him a shot in the outfield when there's really no need to take that risk?
3: Yeah, I, I don't get it because I think that was, was a rhetorical Saturday. question. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it was Saturday where that same lineup, we had Lux and left, uh, Taylor and right. And then for some, some unknown reason, the next day he switched it up and he put Alvarez out there when we already had right. a good, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't get it. So I just, yeah.
4: That's, I don't care where we put Eddie Alvarez because he shouldn't even be out there. Jake Lamb should be out there. I don't care if you put him in right field. I, I just don't care. He can, he's, he's fine. He's going to make an error. Gavin Lux might make an error out there too. I don't, I don't really see a difference of Lux and Alvarez in the outfield. I think it's pretty similar. They're both not experienced there because they're not outfielders. Uh, you know, who who has played the outfield is Jake Lamb. Who's rotting in AAA.
2: Well, if you were to believe David Vassay, he's been saying this a lot lately that he, he believes that Jake lamb is going to make an appearance in this Atlanta series. So I don't know, take that with whatever grain of salt you want, but um, he seems to think, well, because his options coming up, his decision about July 1st, July 1st. Right. So it's, it is, you know, it's time to, you know, shit or get off the pot with him. So I think that if he does make an appearance uh, it, it could be the Atlanta series. We'll see.
4: Well, look, if they're just giving Alvarez this, this next week to try to, you know, do something, then that's fine. But if, if July 1st passes and something hasn't happened, I'm going to be very upset.
2: More right. upset than you are now? Yes. Okay.
1: All right, new player to focus on. We got two questions about this individual guy coming from at Zimzi and at Blue October, basically asking us to touch on Craig Kimbrell a very popular subject who we seem to talk about a lot too, because we get asked about him a lot. So anyways, Ke- Craig Kimbrell is and three on the season has a 4.50 ERA 34 strikeouts over 22 innings pitched and an ugly whip of 1.55. Now against the Reds, he was okay. But thinking back to that guardian series, there was a game. It was a tie game in the ninth inning and he shit his pants and, some people blame Eddie Alvarez for not making that catch, which I guess is the whole narrative of he's not a good defender, but, but let, let's be real. Kimbrell walked a guy. He gave up the contact. They were playing Alvarez way over anyways. I don't think anyone maybe other than Mookie Betts is going to grab that ball. And a lot of people are starting to get nervous whenever Kimbrell takes the mound. But Dave Roberts continues to reiterate that he is the Dodgers closer. And in my opinion, I don't think they're going to make the change at this moment in time because one, Dave Roberts is kind of stubborn. And two, there just isn't enough of a reason right now to pivot to someone else to close out ball games.
2: Here here's my take on this. There is no other option. What are you gonna do? Have Kimbrell come out in the seventh inning, in the eighth inning? I mean, he he already we already know that he only thrives in one specific scenario this year, which is Three plus runs of a lead in the ninth inning and a save
4: opportunity, which is any, preposterous for a major league. Just add.
2: No, it is. But any other scenario, you bring him out there, you risk catastrophe. Now, there is an argument to be made that okay, if you bring him on in the seventh or the eighth, and he implodes, at least you have a little bit of time to possibly make that up. Whereas in the ninth inning, you know, you could lose the game right then and there. So I get that, but the Dodgers really don't have, have a lot of options. I mean, you're not going to move Daniel Hudson out of his role. You're not going to move Phillips out of his role. Th- those guys are, are thriving in the roles that they're in and, and asking Evan Phillips to be a closer all of a sudden. It, I, I I just don't, I just don't see how that, how that could be favorable. You could go with a closer by committee, but again, it's like the Dodgers don't have a lot of depth at the back end of that bullpen, especially with trying now. out.
4: Yeah. So I kind of agree with you, Jake. They do have another option. It's Daniel Hudson, I think would be the guy, but you're still going to have to have Craig Kimber on the team. So if he's shitting his pants in the ninth, he's probably going to shit his pants even more in the seventh or eighth, which we've seen throughout his career, which is what happened when he was with the white Sox and they had Hendricks closing and Kimberl just couldn't do the eighth inning. I mean, he was, he was atrocious. Uh, So I, I think the solution is to just let it ride out and hopefully he gets right. And if it doesn't, you make the change when you get closer towards the end of the season, because we've talked about before they don't have any emotional attachment to him. They don't have a financial attachment or commitment to him beyond this year. So if you hurt his feelings or you just have to cut him loose, so be it. It's not the, it's not the end of the world. It's not the same as what, we were going through with Kenley Jansen last year. And this is right around the time when Kenley Jansen was kind of shitting his pants last year. He had those two games against the giants. I believe those were in June as well. And we were having the same exact discussion. Uh, although there was more of an emotional long-term kind of feeling around it. And, and here you don't really have that. And you're going to get trying and back at some point, I think, I mean, that's, that's what this is trending towards. And I don't think they're going to go with him as the closer because we know his role and where he thrives most uh, is is the heart of the order, whether it's seventh, eighth, or even ninth. So I don't think he will be the guy in the ninth. So you got a lot of people hoping, you know, when he comes back, he's the closer. I don't think that's going to be the case.
3: Yeah, I think you guys both hit it, you know, right in the head. It's You're either going to have him shit, shit in the eighth or do it in the ninth. And really, you need him right now because we don't have training. So once he comes back, maybe you have a little bit of leeway and maybe you can make the change with Hudson. But other than that, right now, you just got to let it ride because there's no better option out there.
2: Yeah, and it's tough too when you've got guys like uh, Vessia and, and especially Bickford really struggling. Um, you know, Vessia has been a little bit more consistent but still wobbly. But Bickford is has, been, has had a huge letdown this year. Um, so you don't have that same – depth where it felt like last year the bullpen was so dominant it didn't matter what inning or what si- situation you knew guys were going to come through
1: dark ho- dark horse closer option is Yency Almonte he's been fucking great he's, he's been great he's been terrific
3: I think he deserves higher leverage situations
4: too yeah none, none of this like sixth and seventh for no reason I agree I think he needs to be one of the top three guys in the back end of that bullpen
5: It sucked
2: having to bring him in, though, uh, today uh, because uh, Bickford came in and and gave up four runs.
4: Yeah, I mean, he's been pretty low mileage this year. I think he only has 10 or 11 innings, so I'm not too concerned about that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, another dark horse option later down the road here to close, Dustin May. Tough because they said they're trying to build him up as a starter. They lie all the time, man. (laughs) Dave, you can't can't believe anything Dave Roberts said at his postgame game pre-game or post-game conferences. He's talking out of his ass the whole time.
1: Dustin yeah. May is going to go full Julio Urias come postseason
4: and throw like three-inning saves. Yep, I could see it. That's a guy you want in the ninth inning. He has that closer mentality, even though he's a starter.
1: Yeah, I think they got options. They can get May in there, assuming he remains on track with his rehab and then maybe Ryan Pepio comes back up and they just use him out of the bullpen if he gets get some command down. He is on the 40-man roster, so doesn't hurt them.
2: <laughs> Can we get guys that are used to doing roles that they're used yeah. to? <laughs> like, this is,
1: I mean, it's like... This it's is how you a, win. You I know, it's a
2: free-for-all in the outfield at this point.
1: Adam Wainwright in 06, David Price in 08, although they didn't technically win, but they got to the World Series because of Price. Garner bum um patrick corbin 2019 you just yep. gotta get weird weird shit happens in the playoffs you i know weird. but
4: it's happening in the
1: regular season better yeah. than that it's better that than having to rely on brandon mccarthy don't get oh, me God. don't get me
4: started on that <laughs> asshole also no more clayton kershaw out of the bullpen ever let's just let's just reestablish that Okay. I have to say, though,
2: when I I did see Brandon McCarthy come out of the bullpen, I did have a moment of, like, this guy's still on the team.
4: (laughs) I just felt like death.
2: Death.
1: (laughs) Dodgers move on to Atlanta next. An NLCS rematch. Maybe these two teams will play again for the third time in a row in the NLCS. But Dodgers got their number earlier in the season back in April. They won two of the three games. The, the Braves have just been pretty hot recently. They were on a 14-game winning streak not too long ago. They just took three of four against the San Francisco Giants. Now they host the Dodgers. Austin Riley, 18 home runs, still a threat. Marcelo Zuna, no longer beating woman. He's just beating home runs now. He's got 13 home runs. Jesus Christ. Dansby Swanson, 12 home runs. Might be one of their hottest hitters right now. He's got like <laughs> five still reeling. Matt Olson. 10 home runs, the Freddie Freeman replacement, oh, Travis Darnode catcher, 10 home runs. And then the brother of Wilson Contreras, William Contreras, has nine home runs. He's been their DH for the most part. So, touching on a couple things, this is the homecoming for Freddie Freeman. Do you guys think that the Braves fans are going to welcome him? Do you think they're going to boo him? Or do you think it'll be a mixed reaction?
3: I think it's definitely going to be a mixed reaction. I mean, just go on Twitter and reading some of the stuff like there's there's a lot of love but there's definitely a lot of like resentment because he left so I think it's going to be definitely a mixture
2: they're just those are just dumb Braves fans I mean like what do you mean like I I understand that he's probably going to get a mixture of booze but like he didn't leave they didn't want him so how are you going to fault him for taking it he wanted to stay in Atlanta and they said no. We'd rather have Matt Olson. So I think in a perfect world he should get a standing ovation. He's—I assume he's getting his World Series ring. He is. Yeah. So that should be a great moment for him. And it's great that Freddie Freeman had such a great series against the Reds to basically prepare for this series against the Braves. Um, I'm expecting big things from him in this series.
4: Yeah, he's going to get a standing ovation. Uh, Ninety, 95 percent of these fans are going to recognize what he did for the city, uh, recognize that they he wanted to stay and recognize that he helped them win a World Series. I think there's going to be, you know, maybe five percent of the fans who are the loudest on Twitter who are going to be all stubborn and say, oh, well, you just wanted to go to L.A. and be Hollywood and do all that. Yeah, those are the same fans who are, like, very passionate about the tomahawk chop. You know, not the ones who just, like, do it, but, like, are very passionate about it. Adamant about it not going anywhere. They, like, need the tomahawk chop. It's not, like, a discussion for them. It's, like, they're very vehement that they need it. So there's going to be idiots who boo him. It's not – those boos will be drowned out by a, a huge standing ovation, I guarantee
1: Back to the Braves hitters real quick. And I think Freddie Freeman will get a standing ovation. I think they're going to even probably pause the game for like yeah, two minutes. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it'll be that loud. Um, Dansby Swanson, Travis Darnold, Michael Harris, and Orlando Arcia all have an OPS over a 1,000. Michael during, Harris? He's been one of their hot rookies. They called him up uh, not too long ago, and he's just been tearing it, tearing it up. The Braves, kind of like the daughters, just have a deep farm system and continue to call up guys who produce. Didn't even mention Ronald Acuna Jr., who he'll be back as well. We didn't see him in April. He's always a threat. He's hurt the Dodgers before in the past as well. Pitching matchups are kind of cool. We got Julio Urias against Ian Anderson. Andrew Heaney taking on Max Freed, who t- shut down the Dodgers back at Dodger Stadium. He, Fried always, yep. he, he threw seven shutout innings. Dodgers lost that game. And, and then Tony, Tony Gonsolin, who also faced the Braves earlier this season, he threw six shutout innings, only allowed one hit. He'll be facing Spencer Strider.
4: He's been really good this year, Strider. Yeah.
2: I say I say two out of three. We, we may lose that Max freak game. That's what I, I, I say.
3: I think they'll go as far as um, Bally, Muncy, and JT take them in this series. We know what you're going to get from Trey. You know what you're going to get from Fre- uh, Freeman and Smith. So if those guys come in hot and stay hot, I think we can take two out of three.
1: You guys tend to be pretty optimistic about this Brave series. I have to say... This is the first series where I'm feeling a little nervous going in. Just the pitching matchups, they look a little tough. Maybe this is the game where Andrew Heaney, someone finally gets a run off him. I don't know. Uh, We already talked about Max Fried. He's just a lefty that is always sharp against us as of late. But at the end of the day, the Dodgers got to carry their hot bats over into this series. They're getting a little bit better with runners in scoring position, but overall throughout Major League Baseball, they rank ninth and they have the ninth-most home runs hit with 84. So the offense was trending downwards. It's trending up a little more with this Red Series. But that was the Reds. This is the Braves. This could be a potential postseason matchup, so you know that there's going to be a lot of intensity. And like you mentioned, we probably will see Kenley Jansen at some point. It would be great if he blew a save against the Dodgers. That's what we need to see. We saw Freddie Freeman. might have been his first at-bat. He hit a home run against the Braves off Enoa
4: was his first at bat first home
1: run as a Dodger. That's right. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I don't have much else to add about this brave series. I don't know if you guys had any other things you wanted to throw out there real quick.
4: I mean, they got to execute. It's that simple. You got to, you got to execute against good teams and the Braves are a good team. They've been super hot recently. I think that a 13 or 14 game winning streak going at one point. So they got to execute and they're going to face good pitchers. So it's a good test.
2: Yeah, they need to run the bases better, too. they got to yeah. stop giving away outs on the base paths. What's
4: what's going on? That was ridiculous. I think it was today or yesterday where they had three outs on the bases and in two innings or something.
1: After the Braves, the Dodgers go to Coors Field. They'll Great. play the Rockies. They have, not, they have not played the Rockies since the first series of the season. It's been that long. Uh, the Rockies took two or three against us back then. I don't really know what the pitching probables will be, but it tends to not really matter in cores regardless. I will throw out there that CJ Crone has been their best hitter. He's got like 16 or 17 home runs. I want to say Brendan Rodgers has been heating it up as well. He sucked to start the season, but he's been on a roll as of late. I don't, the Rockies don't really have any other bats that I can think of that scare me. Is Chris
2: Bryant still injured?
1: I believe uh, he is. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah. yeah. Let me see what else we got. Forgot he
4: existed. Honestly,
1: <laughs> he has zero home runs this season. So, if you believe it or not, has not worked out. Shocking. I'm,
4: I'm a Chris Bryant fan, so it's. You know who's fourth on the Dodgers in position player war? Lux. You would be correct. That's a higher war than Jose Altuve, Gleyber Torres, El Marte. Marcus Simeon, he's playing ball. He's playing ball, folks. He's been great. He's been aside
2: from from Trey Turner, he's been the most consistent hitter on this team.
4: Just gets on base. Well, That's what he does.
2: Don't rule out Freddie Freeman. He's been pretty hot too. Yeah, but the the Lux hasn't really had a stretch like Freeman had where he he was really
4: he he was slumping there for a minute. He had like a, a two week stretch where he was not playing well at all. Okay. So
1: throw that out. CJ Crohn, 17 home runs, 52 RBIs, nearly batting 300. Charlie Blackman's got 11 home runs, OPS almost around 800. Randall Randall uh, cannot speak. Randall Grishik is third in their team leaderboard for home runs. He's got seven of them. You guys called Raymond Tapia a Dodger killer, which was a false narrative. Go ahead and look up Tapia's stats because I'm sure they miss him right now. Connor Joe, another pesky guy who I remember had the Dodgers number to start the season. Former Dodger. He is. Former Dodger, former Giant, now a Rocky. 272 batting average on the season, so he's having a good campaign. Other than that, though, not too much going well for the Rockies. Surprisingly, Hermen Marquez has had a horrible season he has a ERA of 616. Do you guys know that? Yeah, I, was... I, I had been following him. It's been, it's been rough for him. 155 whip, 298 batting average against. Are we fa- do you think we'll face Kyle Freeland? I will find out right now.
2: Kyle Freeland's tended to, tended to give us a little bit of trouble. Not as much as Max Freed,
1: but it's up there. Left-handed. So the Dodgers will, by all accounts, it looks like they will face Kyle Freeland and they will probably be facing. Sensatella? It looks like, if I had to guess, Freeland, Marquez, and they might just miss
4: Sensatella. So. Can't even name another starter on that team besides those three. Chad Chad Cool. Yeah, Chad (laughs) Cool. They'll they'll face Chad Cool. Chad Cool is on the Rockies.
1: 395 ERA for (laughs) Cool. They do have Austin Gomber. Forgot about him. He has a Nolan six, Arenado
4: centerpiece. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, six sixty-eight. <laughs> See, ERA. you do know
1: some players. Just uh, not a very good rotation for the Rockies. So I got to beat them. Been.
4: Why would they not trade CJ chrome last year? What are they doing? Well, what would you get for him? He was fucking he was a, great last year, but he was expiring. He was great, again. Yeah, he was great again. Yeah, you trade he him at the deadline. Again. You get a. Pro- sign him anyway. It's ridiculous. There's I don't know how you can be so mismanaged for so long. What do you I mean, what do you need him for? What they should have done is trade Trevor
1: Story.
3: Yeah both. Of, yeah. Yeah that made Ray no sense play. keeping him it just him and Crone I don't get it.
1: I mean I, I don't think they get much for Crone so I get that but if you're not going to pay Trevor Story or John Gray why didn't you move those guys who actually had high market value ridiculous yeah. it makes They're no sense very inept that's all i got baseball wise uh one more quick question then let's just get into some miscellaneous stuff at blue heaven 466 is asking us what will happen with cody bellinger and trey turner in the off season i feel like we already talked about trey turner i think he gets more money than carlos correa i'm gonna throw that out there right now don't know if that means the dodgers are the ones paying him i am on the you side think he of- gets
2: more money than Corey seager
1: that's no. the
4: real question.
1: No, he won't. 10 years through 25. I don't think he gets 10 years, man. I mean, he's almost 30, right? Yeah, he's 30.
3: Yeah, you're not going to pay someone to play shortstop at 40 years old. <laughs> <Good
1: God>. <laughs> <laughs> no way. You know, He'll get like eight or nine years, probably 30-ish million. I think that's million. still high,
4: man. I think a lot of people thought that the Seager contract was going to set the shortstop market, and I don't think that's going to be the shortstop market. Well, I think that's going to be the anomaly.
1: Lindor set the market
4: yeah but and then Seeger got
1: it with Boris and then people realize you know Carlos Correa you're kind of a bitch so no one wanted to pay him so
4: I mean he's gonna opt out you're gonna get Bogarts as a free agent you got Swanson and Trey Turner so this is gonna be more exciting than last year's honestly
1: Yeah. yeah I mean Trevor Story ultimately got paid pretty nice by the Red Sox didn't get the fattest contract but He's doing That's a good fun. deal. I think Bellinger, Bellinger
2: is the, Bellinger is the weird one. That's the one that we, you really don't know what's going to, what he's going to get or what, what's going to even happen with him. You know, is, you know, are we, are we watching this guy as he is? Is this who he is? Is he more than this? You know, can he be more? I mean, obviously we know he can be more than this, but the, the, the big question is the consistency. He doesn't, he doesn't put up big consistent numbers every year. So it's, it, it's a, that's a tough judgment call.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I this... think his his salary is going to be what it is this year. I mean, he's got one more year arbitration, so it's not going to go up. Obviously, uh, I think it'll be pretty much what he's getting paid this year. And if you're an organization like the Dodgers, that's that's what you're going to live with. They they're not going to just throw him in the trash because he's not over. He's he's not producing. No, I meant like I meant like,
2: valuable... I meant I meant more like what is he going to get on the free agent market when he so is so
4: after there. next year, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that's totally going to be dependent on what he does next year. Because if he's yeah. not if he's not back to what he used to be somewhat next year, he's not going to get anything. Well, okay. I'd,
3: lock, nope. I'd lock him up now so I don't have to pay more in case he does go off next year.
1: It's not going to happen because Scott Boris yeah, is Yeah, he's agent. got
3: Boris, yeah. But I'd, I'd do that yesterday if his, I could.
1: His value is as low as it could possibly be. His yeah. only hope at this point is just to hope he starts to look like 2019 Bellinger. Where he hit 47 home runs first half. But right now he did hit the home run Thursday. He's got nine home runs on the season. He hit an absolute nuke off Hunter Green in on a three-o count, but barely hitting above 200 17 million is basically what he's making. If this is what he is, I think the Dodgers non-tender him. I'm just going to say. I, it's not happening, Kevin.
4: Yeah, there's no way they do that, man.
1: Why would they pay him another $17 million for this type of production? Because that's
4: nothing in today's day and age, especially with the Dodgers. I mean, if you're the Pirates or the Rockies, yeah, he's gone. But if you're the Dodgers with close to a $300 million payroll, you're going to pay $17 million for one of the best defensive outfielders in baseball with the premise of having him during a contract year possibly going back to what he used to be. It's exactly. a no-brainer. You and might who, who
3: do you who do you replace him with the defense wise? There's nobody in the system with his kind of defense.
1: Well I think you look on the market, I think Andrew Benintendi is a free agent. Oh, come on. What do you mean come on?
4: I'll keep belly if that's my only
1: choice. Why? Yeah. I mean he's hitting like nearly 300. I mean if, if
3: Muncie and JT were hitting at their normal level, you can live with Bellinger and yes his you know, how he's hitting because he gives you that great defense because they're so bad. It makes him look worse. I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't think you pay $17 million for a number eight hitter. It's just, it doesn't make sense. At some point, the ownership's going to want to, what do you think you'd have to pay Ben and probably 12 million.
4: Okay. So we're, we're, you know, being cheap over $5 million with the, with the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's not going isn't, to happen. Isn't 17 like the qualifying offer anyways.
1: Yep, something like that. So, yeah, I'd pay him that. I would not.
2: I would pay him that with what David was saying about the fact that it's a contract year and that the idea that he would snap into it and become that guy because he knows that that's his shot to get paid as much as he possibly can in the offseason.
4: Yeah, if he's going to be good, it's going to be next year or it's going to be never. So you <laughs> might as well have that guy on your team and find out and also
2: and also not to mention he is really good in october
4: yep
1: sometimes
2: no
3: always nobody mentions that but he's got if not the same or more uh clutch hits than justin turner man he's he's very clutch yep
1: not in 2019 not really he's always got that potential man Not in 2017
4: any at bat (laughs) he could he could hit a home run any any single at bat he he could hit a home run and that's with plus the defense and the speed that's a guy you keep on your team when the that's Dodgers
2: bad. were dead in the NLCS last year yeah against like
4: the best pitcher on the Giants and as bad dead. as he was in 17 he still had his moments man
1: they all had their moments but <laughs> it doesn't matter if if they don't win the World Series this season and he just plays like this all season you're telling me you're cool with just rolling him back and running it back 100 percent
3: yes, yes. yes. I don't want to see Eddie Alvarez in center field, man. Yep. They're not going to
1: do Eddie Alvarez. <laughs> they will get somebody, whether it's Kiermaier or Ben Benintendi. They... I think I I
2: think, Friedman, Andrew Friedman, quietly, privately, is probably like, why did I trade A.J. Pollock for Craig Kimbrell? You saw what we're trying. We're trying the freaking ball boy out in left field. I mean, it is we're trying any combination that works and we're not finding it. You're not giving up a gold glove. Center fielder that could potentially hit you twenty five home runs and maybe drive in eighty to ninety runs on a good year. It could be even better than that.
4: Let me phrase it like this, Kevin. You pick something you want to bet. It can be anything in the entire world, and I agree to it before you think of it. I agree. <laughs> Whatever it is you want to bet, I'm in. Well, it's a, it's irrelevant. We have to wait till
1: his the end of the season to see where he's at. Because I have could time. Be worse I have all that.
4: the time in the world, and I will still agree.
1: Is Otani a free agent?
4: Uh, I no, think one more. Year. One more. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, I guess all the big names. It's one more season, but so.
2: But accord. But according to uh, to Dave over here, he's already wearing a Dodgers uniform.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <To Otani>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like getting a rise out of all the other fans.
1: Who was that yeah. question from, by the way? Blue Heaven four sixty six.
4: Is that uh, somebody's burner account? Maybe real frg's burner account huh he <laughs> wants to be on the show we haven't talked about him in a while Oh
1: no. not know okay miscellaneous time so we got an idiot of the week to present and then since you're our guest doyers dave you can bring up any topic that you want to rant about so we'll start with david
4: all right. This is a no-brainer for me. And frankly, I am amazed that we have come to June 23rd before this person has made an appearance on this segment. From Molly Knight, our treasured lovely Molly Knight. Yesterday, 7 p.m. Watching the, <laughs> watching, the watching the Dodgers. <laughs> watching the Dodgers this season is painful, even when they win. They are not steamrolling all comers like the Yankees. It has been a grind. Follow-up tweet in the thread. Three guys in the Dodgers starting lineup tonight were hitting 2 or 3 or le- 203 or less. That's rough, and there's not much they can do right now but hope these players improve. This is why people hate Dodgers fans. This is exactly why people hate us. We are in first place sitting at 43 and 25. With a 129, with a plus 129 run differential, with a $270 million payroll, coming off our playoff appearance for the ninth or eighth straight year, winning the division, uh, eight out of those nine years. This is why people hate the Dodgers. This is exactly why people hate the Dodgers. Yes, have some of these games been rough to watch? Sure. But you're gonna say that when Rockies fans exist, when Reds fans exist, when Oakland A's fans exist. They, the Oakland A's payroll is like $7 million. They are paying ball boys and ushers and fans to play on that team. So And to go yes,
3: to
4: it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I live up here. You can get a ticket in that stadium for like $4. They basically pay you to go to the games. It's, it's empty. It's a barren wasteland. And if you're a Dodgers fan, you just can't say that. You just can't. Okay? It's a long season. The Dodgers have probably the best top-to-bottom roster in baseball, even with the injuries. You just can't do it, Molly. You just can't say it. And when you're going to put out awful takes pretty much on the regular and you're going to say that, you're going to be featured as the idiot of the week. So congratulations, June 23rd. You finally made it, Molly. I guess
2: it, I guess the issue is, is that it, it's a – it's a tweet that kind of encapsulates the entire season. Whereas it would be one thing if she made a point of like, you know, Bellinger and uh, Turner and Muncie got to step it up there. The, the fact that they're not producing in the middle of this order, when Mookie Betts is out is, is concerning. That's one take that you could have. That's a criticism. That's a fair criticism. But, but to say that it's been a overall rough watch. Mm-mm. No, it's not. It, 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 like you said, have individual games been absolutely brutal? Yes, but again, you know, we have to remind ourselves, and myself included, that this is baseball, and this is what happens during a 162 game season. Especially when you know the season started like three weeks late, and they're trying to cram in all of these games into one schedule, and you've got the Dodgers playing 31 games in 30 days. And now they're in a stretch where they're playing 20 games and 21 days or whatever the heck it is. Like these guys, this is, this is a grind in and of itself. But the, but like you said, the Dodgers have over 40 wins this year and, and they are winning games and they are producing given all of the different injuries and things that we've already covered. So to, to have a sweeping kind of take like that, I, I just, I, I, I don't, you, you can't, like you said, you can't, you can't say that as a Dodgers fan. It's just
4: spoiled and entitled. You know, yeah. that's what it it's is. It's like,
2: it's like an Astros fan's coming, Astros fan coming out and saying, you know, I'm sick of cheating. You know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> you can't say that.
4: It's like, bro, we have Mookie Betts, Trey Turner and Freddie Freeman as the top three in our lineup. Like, come on. Is it, is that really a brutal watch? I mean, if she had said something like that
3: on Friday or what was it, Sunday when the guy dropped the ball and we still lost, then I get it. It's a frustrating watch. But you said after we beat the Reds eight to what, one or something, like it makes no sense why you're, you know, talking crap about the team after we just beat a, a pretty bad Reds team.
4: And like, don't throw the Yankees in there also. Like, everybody in <laughs> their mama knows the Yankees are going to collapse, whether it be during the regular season or in the playoffs. Like, come on.
2: Well, it's just like, you know, when when, uh, when Dylan Hernandez proclaimed that the Angels were the most fun <laughs> team to watch. so bad. <laughs> and then they proceeded to lose 500 games in a row.
4: Not just that. They, like, lost their, like, stadium deal. They, like, fired the manager. Like, they had other controversies, too. It was, like, Rendon
2: controversies. out for the whole year.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's always something with this fan base, man. It was like last year. <laughs> we, we didn't win, what, 108 games. So it was deemed like a bad season because the Giants played way over their head
2: yeah yeah i you know if you're if you're molly knight you can't stoop to the bsb level or the
4: um... <laughs> oh my god dave's your Photoshop yesterday fucking killed me for those who don't know bsb is like the historically most negative dodgers fan in the history of he's the
2: miserable world.
4: he 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 likes it when the dodgers suck and just for context before i go on a rant this dude tweeted a manifesto about how the Dodgers were never going to win anything after game four, of the 2020 world series. That was the Brett Phillips, Kenley Jansen implosion game. He did not tweet again until the following season. (laughs) Did not tweet. We won a world series for the first time in like 80 years. And he did not tweet
2: the greatest Twitter hiatus of all time.
4: Ever. Ever. You need guys like that though, because (laughs) you you really do because it kind of brings the rest of us back to center. You know, it's like, sometimes you want to overreact. You're like, Holy shit. We got, what is Eddie Alvarez doing in this lineup? And then you got BSB. Who's like, I would prefer a nuclear bomb to hit my house than watch this Dodgers team right now. So it's like, it's, it's centering. He's a, he's a much needed presence.
2: And and also that guy that Howard Cole's friend or what's that guy's name? The older white guy. Ken like, from Newport, no, like Ewok L.A. or whatever. Oh, his Jim. Name. Jimmy. Jim, 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 right?
4: Jimmy, he's he's kind of an act though. Like he's, I feel yeah. like half of the shit he's just saying to say. Oh, Jim. Yeah. Oh, BSB man. Oh, god. Guys, he is a he is a cartoon character. The sky's falling if we go down one nothing in the first <laughs> thing <you're doing. laughs> Oh, that Reds tweet was. I wish I could pull it up here. I'll try to find it, but you can keep moving the show along. It was it was priceless. Hi, Kevin. What's up?
1: <laughs> Just getting into you guys are getting into like the dark side of daughter's Twitter over here. It's yeah, good stuff. Um, well, our guest. I said it a few minutes ago, but I'll, okay. Wait, sorry. You...
4: I'm sorry. I found it. I found it. One more thing on BSB. During the Reds game, <laughs> when they went down in the first game, he goes, God. This team is a fucking disaster right now. Simply unwatchable. Can't even beat the freaking Reds. The downward spiral continues. It was like the second inning Perceves of the Reds the, series. So we, this,
2: Yeah, we scored the like 12 runs 15. and
4: then sweep their ass. Like, God, you just you just need guys like <laughs> All right, Dave, the floor is yours. What do you want to talk about? I got uh, a nitpick or, or a grievance
3: with uh, one of you. Okay. Um, because I hold you in such high regard when it comes to uh, – you know, Twitter and your way with words and everything, right? Oh, so, God. So you went to a, a Giants game. I know and, what this is <laughs> <laughs> already.
2: Right, good. Hoping it's to, not me. It's not me. I was me. hoping
3: to see a video of Dave Rosenthal getting <laughs> taken out of the stadium with missing a shoe, a busted lip or something. But, you know, holding, holding on to uh, Logan Webb's lip or something, you know, because he went after him. But instead, instead, we <laughs> got like this best friend's picture together saying he's a nice guy. What happened?
4: (laughs) You know... Yeah, explain yourself. I went in fully prepared to sacrifice my face for the Dodgers. I was prepared to be punched in the face, have Logan Webb be suspended for the rest of the season, (laughs) and have the Dodgers coast to the division title. He happens to be a delightful guy. I mean, he was very cool. He was texting me. He was, he was messaging me on Twitter before the game saying like, Hey, like come say hi. Like, let's just, let's just talk a little bit before the game. And I was like, all right, like, okay, sounds cool. Like, sounds good. I'll, I'll text you when I'm at the game, when I'm at the stadium. And he's kind of, you know, a, a super cool dude. I mean, he likes to talk shit, which I respect. And he can kind of take shit. Uh, he didn't like the steroid jab. That much is true. <laughs> He is vehement that that was a false test and other guys tested positive. Or but he, like, he liked
2: the jab when he got it.
4: But he he, <laughs> he can kind of take shit and, and give it back. So, I mean, he was kind of – he was like, I like your attitude and, and, you know, I think you're a good fan and, and all that shit. And, you know, next time you're at the game, come say what up to me again. So, look, I want to hate him, but I, I, I like him. I, I You know, I wanted to hate him, but I, I can't. I can't hate him. I mean, I, I guess.
3: I guess i'll forgive you for it but it was i wanted to see punches being thrown and and stuff you know
4: naturally yes i i mean that would have been fun too like i would have i would have almost preferred that like i i probably would have preferred that but you know it is what it is you know not everybody is a villain and i i don't think he is a a villain in this situation
1: always love to see a happy ending
4: Well, it was. I mean, I told him like, "Hey, like, I don't think I can necessarily hate you anymore." So I guess good luck for the rest of the season.
1: We're all in the same fantasy league, but I got Logan Wope on my team, so hopefully, young
4: pick too, Kevin.
1: I know, and I don't regret it. It's doing better than Walker Buehler as a Cy Young.
4: I Gary regret true. both
2: my Cy Young picks this year.
4: <laughs> I forget who I picked in the – oh, no, I picked Cole in the AL, I think.
2: I picked I picked Buehler and Giolito, and they've yeah, just –
4: woof, dude. Awful.
3: Kiss of death. For as much crap as I talk about Turner, I have him on my fantasy team.
2: <laughs> you have Justin Turner on your fantasy team? I do. <laughs> After all the old man memes and all of that? I can't bring myself to drop him. I just can't. Jeez. <laughs>
4: He's just riding the bench. Yeah, you know, you know
2: something, Dave. I think the Dodgers are in the same camp. That's why they keep him around. They don't have the heart to drop him. He's the, he's going to be in that lineup for the foreseeable future if he's healthy. So if you can't even, Dave, if you can't even drop him from your fantasy team, come on, man. He yeah. went
3: three for five, riding on the bench today for me. <laughs>
2: yeah, it serves you right.
4: Oh shit!
1: I legitimately forgot who I picked as the AL Cy Young, but oh well. Don't care, I guess. World may never know. I think that's pretty much it for today. Um, I'll just do a quick out of left field. Going Star Wars route. Never really talk about that show, but Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series. Don't
4: spoil it. I haven't seen it.
1: I'm ranking it number two behind The Mandalorian as the best... I haven't seen that either. As the best Star Wars content since episode six even though it's technically really episode three but i guess it's whatever the three movies sucked i don't care if you like the i don't care if you like whatever their names are this obi-wan series without spoiling it was badass not a spoiler you get to see darth vader in there and there's I, some good some good shit that goes down anyone got anything to add on that or am i the only one who watched it what good is the
4: does, does sam sharer like it that's what uh, I really care about. No, Probably. I knew I
3: knew it was a great show and I was right uh, that it was good. The finale too. When he started crapping on it, I'm like, okay, <laughs> then, uh, I'm good then. Cause he started saying it was bad. I'm like, okay, no, it was, it was great.
4: <laughs> I trust his movie takes blindly. If he doesn't like something, I don't like it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I think that concludes this episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, Google, whatever that hell. Um, give us a five-star rating. If you like our show, it helps us go a long way. Follow us on Twitter. We got our Twitter handles in the description below and I'll give the last word to at Doyers Dave. I just want to say
3: thank you guys for having me on. It was a blast to do this. And um, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Doyers Dave. I put out a lot of uh, crappy edits and stuff, but I'll uh, make you laugh.
2: I have one question for you, Dave. How the hell do you get those memes out so quick? It's insane how quick you were able to put out those images.
3: Well, to be so I started a long time ago and I, I can see the difference now. And it was like really crappy when I first started. And now it's just like, you know, it's just easy for me to do. So whenever you guys put out an idea, it's like, oh, I already know what I can do with this. So like when you were standing on, on, um, doing your report or whatever it was I'm like, I'm just going to put two monsters in the back. And it'll look
2: cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant, man. I put his, it it's my new header on Twitter. <laughs> yeah.
3: So yeah, I mean, you guys just give me the ideas and I just want to make them come to life.
4: That's all. Is it, do you do it on like a tablet or a computer? What do you, what do you use? So I'll do the computer sometimes, but so I started on my
3: phone. Then I'm like, I need to buy myself a tablet. Yeah, And I think I bought one two years ago and ever since it's
4: all I use. Right on. Yeah. Well yeah, everybody you need to follow Dodgers Dave if you're Yeah, not. seriously.
1: On on Twitter and Instagram.
4: Thank you guys. All right.
1: With that being said, have a great week, everyone. Go Dodgers.